So occasionally you struggle to get your point across on the phone or when you're networking or maybe your presentations are not met with the most enthusiastic responses. Or perhaps you just don't feel as effective as you'd like to getting your point across. And that can be in written communication or verbal communication. My guest today says she's here to help. Let's have a pocket-sized pep talk, meet her, and hear how she does it. A pocket-sized pep talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. My guest today is Sandra Folk, a high-performance business coach and the founder of DrSandraFolk.com. That's an easy one to remember. A business communications training company is what she runs, and she works with business executives, a wide range of industries. I looked at them. There, there's a lot of them. And she basically ensures successful outcomes in their oral and written communication. And ultimately, that enhances the impact that anybody's going to have in business situations. That caught my attention. And that's why I wanted to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, all the way from Toronto. We were talking right. about Toronto before we went on the air here. So uh, what a wonderful city. I do have to get back there for sure. Uh, but it, it, and so Toronto's talking to Washington, D.C. today. Now, I, you know, I looked and I, I've always loved this phrase as a salesperson. Unfortunately, somebody already had it as their podcast name, but I've always loved the name. Everyone has a story as a podcast name. Well, we are on pocket size pep talk. So, but everyone does have a story. And I, and I'm very curious how you became involved in this business communication coaching type business. What brought you here? That's, that is really an, a good question to ask me because I was a professor of education at the university of Toronto and I was involved in math education actually for elementary school. And I received a phone call from a woman who um, knows me and said, I have a gentleman who's looking to improve his account executive business writing skills. And I said, why did you, why did you call me? And she said, because I know you're very entrepreneurial. And <laughs> that was how I got started. I met with this man, I had lunch with him and his partner. And I said, and he was impressed because I was Dr. Sandra Folk. And um, he, I said to him, if you want me to improve your account executive business writing skills, then uh, it'll be very expensive to fly me to seven different cities where your business is. Why don't you let me design an online program for you? And um, that's how I got started. I knew nothing about designing online. However, I did know about curriculum design and how to grab people's attention and what people needed in order to be, um, in order to help them become better at what they do. And that's how I got started. And so I loved it. I tried it out. It worked. I was very successful, improved their skills within six months, 80%. And then I said to someone, I know, do you think I could do more of this in business? And they said, yes. And that's how I got here. And I, I, so I did that and now I've transitioned to doing business communication coaching with executive and high performing uh, employees and large organizations. Excellent. And, okay. and that's how I'm here. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's not as unusual as you may think, although 
people don't realize this as you get further in your career, folks, you will realize it that people have heard me say this from time to time, but usually just like a book, a career will tend to find you. You won't find the career. So you, you want to be in, um, it's sort of like you want to be in the stadium taking your swings at bat, but, uh, so many stories I hear of people who say, well, I was actually doing this, but it turned out that that happened. I was an, Sandra, I was an insurance salesman at the age of 22. And I was just in a room waiting for a manager to start a meeting with a whole bunch of apprentice field underwriters. And as fate would have it, I was the guy closest next to the phone and the phone rang. And it turned out that the managers and the trainer were stuck. They went out for breakfast and somebody double parked behind them. So they asked me to, to get up and do something, but don't tell them that we're stuck. So I had done some acting and we had some, some sales scripts. I figured I'll direct a sales script the way I would an actor. And anyway, they came into the room and uh, they didn't realize it, but I knew where I was going from that minute forward, which was, I love the feeling of being up in front of this room. I like taking sort of the acting skills that I have and moving them this way. Right. But I didn't know. I didn't, I'm not sure I knew how to spell a tra- the word trainer. I never thought of being a, a corporate trainer. It found me. And that found you. And then, of course, what, you know, part A, I guess, is it finds us. And part B is we find success with it. So, you know, we, we get that feedback. And I think you, you kind of got that rush and that high from it, it sounds like, once you got put into that position. I did. And I think sometimes we're just ready at that right moment in time in our lives. Yeah. The door opens for you. And then you walk through it because it's open for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And remember that folks, because uh, it's not that door's not going to bang you across the head, but it'll present itself. You got to listen. You got to keep your eyes open. Sometimes, you know, I, we miss those signals. We figure it out 20 years later of the, you know what? I probably should have jumped on that when I had my opportunity, but so let's make sure we're listening. Okay. So you're, you're out there and you're helping uh, uh, executives and to communicate better. And uh, let's boil it down a little bit. If, if, if what, you know, I'm a process guy. So uh, I, and so, I mean, I'm, you know, motivating, inspiring people is wonderful, but I love to leave them with some sort of process or technique. So on your end, and, and, I'm, and I'm in the field of communications as well, but I would love to hear it from you. What would be, you know, one or two of the most important things that that you'd want me to remember when you're communicating with me. Uh, and let's just let's start with in writing. So in my writing, boy, give me give me one or two strong tips that I could remember. Okay, uh, Rob, I'm going to what I'd like to do though. When you say about writing, writing is just one aspect of communicating and present presenting. I look at communicating as a Uh, whether it's writing or speaking or presenting as under the umbrella of communication. You find that you, you think the skills transfer to both of them? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Keep going. The stage is yours. Tell me more about that. Okay. So I, uh, I think the key thing that people need to think about is first of all, you need to stop before you open your mouth, before you start to tap on your computer and write something, you need to stop. And why do you need to stop? You think need to think about your audience. That is critical because you need to understand <clears throat> who they are. What are their needs? What are their expectations? What are their pain points? 
how are you going to meet their needs? How are you going to figure out what's their pain points so that you can give them what they're looking for from you? So it's not about you, it's about them. That's the critical piece. And then you need to plan. You need to plan. And that's also really important. The second important part of my tip here is your words. So the words are key because the words you choose when you read, when you write to people or you present in a meeting or you're doing a big presentation in front of 500 people or whatever it is, one-to-one in a meeting, it's always about those words that you use. And if the words don't connect with them, if they don't resonate, you will lose them. You will definitely lose them. So you need to be persuasive. You need to motivate them. You need to be powerful. And you need to think about being precise. And to me, those are the two major things that anyone, and that's what I try to get the people I work with to stop. Don't say anything, just stop. And then think about plan, 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 plan. Figure out before you go to a meeting, before you do anything, before you write an email, stop, think about it. And there's two other key things involved. And I call this my four pillars of effective communication. The first thing that you have to think about is your outcome. It's, and I, I, can, I use the metaphor of a road trip. So if you're planning a road trip and you want to get to a certain place, you take a map and you look at it and you say, oh, here's where I want to be. So that's your outcome. And then you now can come back to your starting point, which is where you're going to start on a road trip. And this is your goal. And this is going to lead you as to how you're going to get there. And then the third thing is your audience. And that audience is so important. And then the fourth thing is your words. And the words need to resonate. So that is what I call my four pillars of effective communication. And I use that. And when I work with a client, I help them understand that. For example, I have a client. Hang on for a second, Sam. You got a lot on the table here. So just, I got to unpack some of this because it's really good stuff you're putting out there. So I'm going to just, I'm going to step back, but hold that thought. Because I, I, I just, I want to make sure a lot of this is landing and you're giving us a lot of stuff here. Uh, one, and if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to push this into multiple industries. Uh, okay. Another, when you, you talk about planning and, you know, for me, as they say, real estate, the three most important things are location, location, location. I think when, uh, particularly for a presentation, it is preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah. Now. Well, in a moment, we're going to, we got to talk about what happens in the real world sometimes when we just don't have that prep time. But when we have it, uh, it, it's no secret that it's going to translate to success. And in sales, for instance, I'm always astonished at how little pre-call planning goes into that visit to a client. Uh, And it doesn't even have to be a sales call, just a meeting with a client. What kind of pre-call planning have we put in there? Uh, I, I've gone so far now as, as you know, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, I won't run a role play anymore with a, with a workshop that I deliver where there isn't a actual timed moment 
where they can meet in groups and pre-call plan and actually give them a list of things to pre-call plan. It's sort of like we, we learned in school, do your homework. A lot of people don't know how to do their homework. When, right. we, when we get to pre-call planning or planning, some people don't know how to do it. They know they, they're supposed to. So maybe let's do that. Let's stay there for a second. So I'd love your thoughts on that. So all I want to talk about is the planning for a moment. We're going to okay. get to the words and boy, are we going to get to the audience as well. But sure. in terms of your planning, let's let, I'm just going to play the role of a person who said, well, I, I've heard about that, but it's, it's reminding me of school. I know I'm supposed to do it. I don't know what I'm supposed to plan. How would you answer that question? Okay. I said to you before your outcome, you need to think about where you want to end up. Okay. So I always say to my clients, if you want to be successful, here's a perfect example. I have a client, he's in commercial real estate, VP. They have to sell. That's what their business relies on, selling. He said to me, I have a meeting with this woman and she, I need to get to her to get to the, the owner who I want to lease this property. And he said, um, but you know, she's older than I am and her views are different than mine. And, and so I don't think I'm going to be able to, you know, convince her. And I said to him, why are you starting off by thinking this negative thought? Yeah. Why don't you think about, oh, here's this woman. She knows a lot of information. I need to get to her in order to get to where I need to end up. And how am I going to talk to her? That is what I call planning. You don't have to sit down and write all this thing out. It's not homework. It's not school. This is just take a few minutes and stop and collect your thoughts and say, I have this person to connect with. How am I going to, what am I going to say to them? Listen to their voice. Listen to the way they talk. If somebody talks really quickly and staccato, I know I have to talk that way too. Right. If somebody is quiet and talks very quietly, then that's the way I need to talk. So it's all it is is about jotting down some points and preparing yourself in advance. He did it, what I told him. And he came back to me at our next session and said, Sandra, it worked perfectly. I had the best meeting with her. That's wonderful. And, yep. and, and that's all it took was just, don't, don't come in with this idea that I, this is going to happen. You don't right. know. You know, you also sandwiched in there and it, very quickly, just um, a positive outcome. In other words, you know, mentally putting yourself in and and thinking about a positive outcome. I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm again, a little late to the party on this one. I think in my twenties, maybe thirties, uh, <laughs> I, I had this, I really thought it was almost like, like, witchcraft like I, i'm going to think positively and so things are going to happen positively and what i realized and, and i can always win this argument with people now because i'm very much a believer in that i'd simply stop and say let me put it to you this way do you think if we're two people going into the same presentation you have a negative you have negative thoughts and you're planning for a negative outcome i have positive thoughts and and i've worked hard i've prepared hard and i'm planning for a, i see a positive outcome i see that long-term victory even if i'm three percent more effective who's going to be more effective in that meeting and oh by the way we're not done we're going to have a bunch of other ideas too but when we stop looking for home runs and start looking at 
little pieces. That's why I had to slow you down a little bit because you have so many good ideas that when you take one of them, people go, that's it. No, that's not it. That's one. And we're going to bundle a bunch of ideas in there and collectively they become a great idea. But yes. everybody thinks we're going to take a magic wand and go, poof, now you're a communicator. <laughs> and, and it's not. So um, to just get everyone relaxed and just simply keep winning the argument of, do you think planning, looking and planning ultimate outcome will increase your chances of success or decrease? Increase. Do you think preparing for this will in increase? Uh, how about the audience? Let's talk. So it's it's lots of little things that be, that make people successful. Uh, sometimes, and and I really didn't get that memo early on. I was always looking for just a swing for the fences. Give me the one secret of communication. And you have so many, even matching, which you mentioned a moment ago, matching almost that, I, I refer to it when we used to shake hands. I would always match the pressure of that handshake because people say, how hard should we shake a hand? Depends on how hard the hand's coming at me. Uh, exactly. But I, I, you know, and and it becomes natural. You're matching their communication level. So many things. Uh, let's talk about the audience for a second. Huge to me. Okay, the audience. Does anything else really matter but the audience? Right. So, well, I, keep going, walk me through that a little bit. Okay. So, if you're talking about your audience, you need to think about. Who's this person on the other end of my meeting? Who am I talking to? Right now it's virtually. Okay, so how do, what do I need to do? You need to think about who is this person? So you do your research. If, if, if it's somebody you don't know, you can go online, you can go to LinkedIn, you can Google the person, you can find out who they are if it's a cold call and then understand who they are, what they do and look at many different aspects of it. Look at what they need, who they are. And then the other thing is, if it's somebody you have spoken to, think about what is it that they need in order for me to give them what they're looking for so that I can make them feel I can help you. And that's what I do uh, when I work with clients. I do a deep needs assessment with them at the very beginning. I do not start, I do not do anything till I get to know something about this person what is their problem? How? And once I know what the problem is, then I can then go back to my drawing board and figure out how am I going to help this person and then come back. Yeah. And pause right there because again, another gem you're just hearing and, and I'm astonished at how many people get that wrong. And if you don't believe me, let's, let's queue up your favorite websites, folks, and go look at how many of them get it wrong because they won't show you the problem. They'll yeah. show you solution now i'm all for a solution the, the issue with it is most people a, a very small minority can connect to the solution and that's the small minority that says you know what i've already gone through the problem i've decided to fix the problem i'm now i'm now um, measuring out and figuring out the solution good and i can actually tell you statistically that's about eight percent of the population uh, yeah. close to 80 percent of the population saying i have that problem I'm not sure I want to fix that problem yet, but I sure do like whining about it. And, and so it's so critical that, uh, and we, a lot of times, maybe you'll agree with this, Sandra, we have to back the actual audience up, that client up, because they'll, they'll talk about maybe what they're looking for, or, you know, and they're kind of that wishy-washy. 
And then people go, you know, I showed them a solution and they didn't do any, they didn't take my recommendation. Well, that's because what they were looking for in their mind was a nice to have. We, we moved them to the problem, not only to make it a need to have, but so that we can be a consultant so that we can problem solve. Uh, you know, isn't that what we're paid for? You know, isn't that the value that we're bringing to the meeting? So huge, Sandra, huge, uh, that, that we remind people, like you say, that it's, it's our responsibility, even if we have to move them a little bit, to get them to focus on the problem. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're right. You do need... The, the other thing, though, Rob, is they need to understand what their problem is. Because yeah. a lot of times they don't really understand yep. what their problem is. And so that's part of un helping to the audience figure out, you know, here's what I need to deal with. And that is part of, you know, the deep needs assessment that I do is helping them understand what their problem is. Agreed. All right. So I'm going to throw a small curveball at you, but don't worry. They're friendly curveballs that I throw. But okay. let's. <laughs> so, <I'm glad> <laughs> you, you look good. <laughs> you, look, you look like you're ready for any for anything. Uh, it's not a big curveball, but we there's so much that's in written communications now. So we're so if I were to write an email, and I get this question from time to time, so I I love to hear your answer. Some of the some of the processes and the techniques and the tactics that we teach, people can hear them in a meeting per se. Do they? Can they? Should they translate to an email? Of course, of course, I truly believe. Um, in email, it's just another medium for communicating. There are some key things to remember when you're communicating in an email. Okay, so the first thing you have to think about is your subject line. Because especially if you're sending an email to somebody you don't know or you want to grab their attention. So I, what I do is I stop and I think about what am I gonna put in that subject line with that person that's gonna get them to open my email because I want them to respond to me. So I always try to think of something cool, something different. Give me an example. Okay, here's an example. Um, I met with somebody and I know he's not really good about responding. He's somebody I know really well, an executive. So what I did was I put in my subject line, interesting. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Okay. What is interesting? Yeah. I knew he'd open it. Right. And so this is what I do. I try to choose, or if uh, if somebody, another way, another strategy for a person is to put in the subject line is, suppose somebody said, I'm going to connect you with someone electronically and open the door for you. So the first thing I do is I put in the person's name who connected us. So that's who they see. So they automatically know right away that we know this person. And so it's okay for me to open that email because we, you put in something that's a hint, a clue for me to open it up. So for me, the first and most important thing in, a, in an email, if you want to be successful, is the subject line. If you don't get, and it can't be long, it has to be short. Three words, that's it. Beyond that, forget it. It doesn't show up properly when you open your email. The next thing that you have to do 
which was really, really important. Always, always start with some introduction, like hello, hi, um, not don't just start writing the content. You always have to have that salutation, that greeting to the person. Well, give me stay there for a second. And and by the way, loved the point about the subject line. I think that's really good. I'm taking a note of that for myself. Really good. So let's, it, I mean, really good. And it's not something I've heard before and it makes so much sense. I love stuff that is simple. That makes sense that I haven't heard before. So I hit all, you hit a triple on that one. Okay. <laughs> so now, yeah. So now we're into the email itself and, um, but I, give me an example of what you're referring to, because I can hear in my head, hi, Jack, I hope all is well. You know, okay, uh, no. Kind of that rolling uh, thunder. Yeah. Uh, tell me, give me your version of this. Okay, so I, I don't like when somebody says, sends me an email and says, Sandra. Because to I me, see. it's like, who are you talking? It's like they're talking at you. Right. They're not having a conversation. And that's what an email is. It's a conversation. It's in between a letter, which is formal, and a text message. Okay, that's what an email is. So it's if I don't know you, I always say hello. I would say hello, Rob. And you probably got that from me in my first email to you. Yep. Hello, Rob. Then when you answer me and say hi, Sandra, then I go and I say hi, Rob. And so it's more about being cordial. It's not about like, rolling you know oh yes well we're going to have a little conversation here it's not it's it's a message it's business-like and in business you must be and this is what i do with my clients who are too wordy especially my clients for whom english is not their first language in english all we want you to do is tell us the facts don't waste my time give me what i need to know and that's it so an email is either you're giving someone information or you're giving them instructions. That's it. So your your opening line must talk about the person, not about you. And so you always want to say something to that person to acknowledge that you're talking to them. So I might say, um, I you know, if it's a person I don't know, um, it might be to open the door. Oh, I saw I I saw your you know I know I saw you on LinkedIn or I heard your your talk. And uh, I was very impressed with it. And then, you know, a cut another sentence after that. The second paragraph is, I'm Sandra Foe. I would love to do a podcast on, on, your, on your site. Oh, uh -huh. um, and this is what I'm looking to do. And here's who I am. I'm a vision communication coach. I work with people for whom English is not their first language and people who are their executives or high, net, high uh, performance employees. Um, I'd like to talk to you further. Third paragraph is, um, here's some suggested time that I could be available. Would you be available to talk to me for a short conversation? 10 minutes. Right. Nobody wants to hear that you're going to talk to them for half an hour. Do you and, put a time? Do, you, do we actually put a time down like 10 minutes or do you say? Yeah, okay. I use 15, 20 minutes. Um, I'd like to have a short conversation with you. Um, here's some suggestions, and I always put a date in, and I always tell clients to do that, put the date in, be specific, because if you don't, if you say when it's convenient for you, you're never going to hear back from them, never, 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 you always have to do that, and then you say to them, and I will follow up with you at, on this day, if you don't hear back from them, you call them, that's yeah. what I do, yeah. that's, 
I've always loved that. That that's something I used to use some years ago, and and even when I was cold calling physically or even on the phone, uh, when I mentioned the fact I would be calling them back in two weeks, I always felt it gave me license if I was being screened out to say, uh, my, I'm trying to reach Jack, he's expecting my call. And I had no problem saying it because I'd sent him, uh, um, I left him a message or sent him an email saying, if I don't hear from you, I'll call you in two weeks. So uh, there, there's, it's a little gray there, but I, I always, it, to me, it worked very well. Uh, how many, I know this is a tough question, but, and I don't know if you've ever counted them, but as crazy as this sounds, I mean, I'm just curious, is there a word count in your head? Is this 40 words? Is this 140 words? Have you ever bothered to count the words that you're putting into that email, that first touch? I, I think of it more in terms of sentences. Okay. And so, because I think sentences most sentences should usually be about 25 words yeah okay all right so i always think two to three short sentences in each paragraph okay opening paragraph two sentences three at the max middle paragraph two sentences three max closing probably one sentence or two and that's it there's your email done yeah and i'm, I'm, I'm laughing on this side because uh, that was the author in me that actually reared his ugly head. I'm 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 used I'm used to speaking in word count when I'm looking at manuscripts, uh, because that's a true that's a true reading of a manuscript. It's almost a silly question in an email, and I'm glad you moved it to sentences. But uh, that's what I, I get. A lot of people like, how long should this be? How long should this be? I don't want I don't want to see pages. I'm usually all focused on word count. So uh, good, good you redirected me to sentences. That's a, that's a smarter way of looking at it. Uh, all right, let, let's, we're coming down the home stretch. Uh, let's talk about, you know, we, we, and, and it's funny how we kind of landed in this cold area of, of cold call or cold com, colder communications. Folks, it's easy. Obviously, if we know clients real well or other people real well, we, we can get away with a little bit more. Uh, we can be a little sloppier, let's put it that way. We, can, we cannot afford to be sloppy here. And that's why that subject, that's why that greedy, that's what, what you're hearing is eliminating that sloppiness and, and sometimes unconscious incompetency, things we don't know that we didn't know. But we know this, when you're reaching out to somebody who never met you, who's cold, no matter how well we manicure this, uh, we're still not going to be uh, batting 900. We're, we're not, we're not, we're, we're going to be, we're, we're going to lose a few of these. Uh, opportunities. So walk me through that a little bit. How do you deal with um, you know, this, this can poison the head a little bit when you, when we're getting rejected. Um, how do you deal with that negative voice um, when we, when we're doing things the right way and we're not getting the outcomes that we're looking for? Well, I think one thing is we need to go back to the drawing table and, and think about, um, maybe I can do this differently. Maybe I'm not saying the right thing, or maybe I, I, um, I might be approaching, it comes back to your audience again. Have you researched them properly? Have you really looked at what their needs are? And that I think is really important. However, Rob, I want to add this one, one piece though. From my understanding, it takes eight touches with someone before you can even get to the sales piece with them, really, if you want to be successful. 
And my husband is a businessman. He was very, very successful. I called him the ultimate sales person, right? He, he was very successful in business. And he said, sometimes it would take me a year till I got to a person and made a sale. He had a big company, sold a beauty supply company. And, and so he, he, he was really, you know, your um, epitome of sales. He, he was, and that's what he told me. Sometimes it would be three calls. Sometimes it could be 30 calls. He had this way of knowing how to read people. And so I think for us who not as good at knowing how to read people, it's still about, think about, you're never going to make it on. If you ever get somebody to really buy into what you're offering on that first call, that's amazing. Three calls, four calls, you know, it, it never happens quickly. Yeah. I, I, your, your husband's absolutely right. I was on a show one time, a panel, and uh, I, 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 part of it was all the good answers were taken, but, but I, I was last in line and they were asking for, what do you look for in a good salesperson? And I, some of the answers were kind of, I thought a little silly, just the, you know, I, I got to know the product. Well, anybody can learn a product, but anyway, they came to me and I just uh, blurted it out. I got to tell you, if I'm looking to hire a salesperson, what am I looking for? I'm looking for somebody who can take a punch. And meaning, uh, you know, the the reason why people, a lot of people will gravitate to sales is they're okay getting knocked down, dusting themselves off, standing back up, putting one foot in front of the other and rolling on, getting rejected. And it's not the end of the world if somebody, you know, uh, really doesn't do well with rejection. I just, it's one of the few things that I would say sales may not be right for you. Oh, and, and I want to tell you, just because even I, I can't believe I just said that because I'm, I'm, I'm a person who will tell you that I we really can train almost anybody. But rejection is part of the process. And it's not a big deal. But if that's something that's really holds you up, mm, you don't have to be funny. You don't have to be tall. You don't have to be have a, you know, all that other stuff. Forget about it. I, I still cling to the great Ben Feldman, who is about five, three, big fella with hair like Larry on the Three Stooges, if anybody remembers Larry, and spoke with a pronounced lisp and dominated a pool of a quarter of a million salespeople for decades. So I'm, I'm not one who subscribes to, you got to look or sound away, but rejection is part of the process. And it's not that I go, oh boy, I got rejected. But we handle it. We dust ourselves off, and and I, I you know, I don't know about eight touches, I, I, but I know there's a, more than one, and hopefully less than eight. <laughs> but uh, but that's part of the process. So I, I like that. Uh, anything else you would you would add to that? I I I feel like I crowbarred me in on that one, and uh, I, I love hearing from you. Uh, so it's uh, I I think. You, I've, I've got a good response from you from a negative situation, sort of in a positive way. You want to put a cherry on that Sunday or should we leave it just like that? I, I think that you had asked when you sent originally sent out those eggs to me in an email, uh, do you want to talk about why getting your way? How do you, why getting your way? Why is that important? And I think that this relates to that. This kind of, clicked in with me when you were talking just now about why getting your way. So when you're communicating and you want to make that sale or you're dealing with somebody in a meeting, whatever it may be, it's about getting your way. 
and how are you going to get your way? And, and I think you have to think about, you're not always going to get your way every time. It's like being a little kid who, you know, I didn't get my way, I'm going to have a tantrum. So you can't have the tantrum. So you have to think about what are the key things that, and I thought about this, and I, what I think about is getting your way is thinking about not you, but think brings me back to what I said to you before. It's not about you, it's about them. It's yeah. about the audience. It's about planning, doing your research, thinking about what their needs are, what are the words I'm going to use that are going to resonate to grab their attention to, in order for me to get my way, I have to first grab your attention. I have to think about how do I please you? How do I get to you? And then you get your way. Yeah. That's what getting your way is, is through your audience, through your words. And then if you do that, that's it. So in my final statement is, it's not about you, it's about them. Perfect. And that's how you're going to get your way. Yeah, perfect. I, and it's funny, I, 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 I was thinking, I'm not sure I've ever asked anybody to go back, but I felt like there was just a tiny bit more there, and I'm glad we got it from you. Uh, I would add to that uh, simply that, and I, you know, if you listen to what Sandra just told you, when you focus on the audience, when you focus on the other person, the biggest thing we got to make sure of is we just don't get into the victim mode. Learn from it. Uh, you know, even when we when we fail, if there's a lesson to be learned from it, was it really a failure? So uh, I, I, I appreciate your response to that. We have a storm rolling in here in D.C. You may be hearing a little bit of some thunder or either that or we're coming up with some amazing points and there's thunder going off between right, us. That's it. it's the thunder going while I still have power. Uh, I would like to know where listeners can learn, find you and learn about you. They can find me on my website, which is uh, www.dr for Dr. Sandra Folk, S A N D R A F O L K.com. I'm Good. sorry, I don't have an opportunity for you to see that, that website address or my email address because I know people learn by seeing too. Uh, dr is Sandra at dr Sandra Folk, F O L K.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Just connect with me and I'll be happy to respond to you. I have a lot of materials on my website in my resources section that would be really, really helpful to people about related to what I've just spoken about. Beautiful. And is there a way uh, to sign up uh, for, you know, to get some of your information? In other words, you have a blog or something that uh, on a database that people could join? Uh, yes, I do have an ebook, and I send out a newsletter. Okay. Uh, it's a video-based newsletter once a month, and so you can go on my site and you can sign up for the newsletter. You can sign up for my ebook, and you can contact me directly. Um, and so I'll be happy if you have any questions. You can sign. I have on my website. You can sign up for a meeting with me, and I'll be happy to. Perfect. And I'll have it up on the show notes as well. Uh, Sandra, uh, very grateful for the opportunity to sit down and talk to you. Uh, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a real nice job for the audience. And occasionally like this one, I pick up a few tips for me. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you.
Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being here and interacting with you. It's been it's been fun. Actually. Good. It's very fun. Very wonderful. Enjoyable. All right. Well, you heard a good one, folks. Stay safe. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.